Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Thursday. Or whatever day you're actually listening to this, because there's no need to have to listen to it on Thursday. But so happy day. Yes. To you. As in fact... It is Friday, actually, as we're recording this. <laughs> Quit giving away our secrets. It's all a big lie, everyone. It's all a big lie, it's true. <laughs> well, just put this at the top. We are not sponsored. Nope. Unless you know some really cool companies ran by women, doing some amazing things by women, all of that, and uh, you want to give them our names, be like, hey, you should, you should ask to sponsor them. That will probably <laughs> not happen ever. So, A, this is not a sponsored episode. B, not. drink responsibly if you are drinking. Mm-hmm. If you're not and you're just chilling, do that responsibly as well. Like, don't, you know, ignore the kids if, you know, <laughs> you're supposed to be watching kids. Stuff like that. Just right. be responsible. That's the overall episode. End. That's the end. <laughs> That's the end. JK. Uh, no, today we are featuring two drinks, technically, because you have a cocktail, I have a cocktail, from mm-hmm. the Montagna Rum Company that is based out of Colorado. And the actual co-founder as well as creator is Karen Hoskins. So shout outs to them. I was very excited mm-hmm. to get this rum. I think actually this was one of the first ones that we said, we're going to do an episode about women in the industry. And her distillery popped up first mm-hmm. as one of the many things. So today we are drinking... Cocktails with Montagna Rum. And we did try to go by their site because uh, Karen Hoskins is also known as a bit of a bartender and uh, has some expertise in cocktail making and has several uh, recipes on their site. So if you do want to check out their site, the company's name is Montagna, M-O-N-T-A-N-Y-A, Rum. And they do have a lot of good recipes on there, including zero-proof ones, which... Uh, were nice when we had pomegranate juice and ginger ale. Yeah. That looked really good. That sounds good. But today, for myself, I'm going to go ahead and pour my drink. <laughs> like a drink. Uh, so, yes, we're going to do the ASMR bit. So, if you don't like this, skip five seconds ahead. Here we go. Oh, dripping. 
Yeah. And actually, one of our listeners, friend of the show, gave us some advice on if you actually want to make a sour, to take the little springy part of the strainer, which there, if you know what I'm talking about, the little handle strainers, and to put it into the mixer if you're ever using egg. Oh. To make sure you get it real good mixed up. Thank you for that. I love that. Right? (laughs) I'm always happy to get tips like that. I'm always excited. But yeah, so we do have beautiful little cocktails mm-hmm. from the site of Montagna. I did add some variation. Uh, what cocktail are you drinking, Annie? I'm drinking something that is called the Hoser, which I've never heard of before. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's a reference to like the Indiana Hoosiers. Like they're the Hosers. The Hoser. <laughs> I would have no idea about any of that. <laughs> Um, I thought maybe it was because it was strong and it will like hose you down. Oh, see, I'm thinking of like the Canadians who like to call each other hosers. Uh, yeah, hoser. that is, listeners right in. That is an area I'm unfamiliar with. I really hope with. it's not offensive. Please tell me if it is. <laughs> yes. So this is rum and, well, the original recipe is supposed to be rum, maple syrup, and fresh squeezed lemon juice. I went scavenging through my disaster of a pantry, which, as Samantha knows, is a risk every time. And uh, I could not find simple syrup, which is the suggested substitution for maple syrup, which I I know for a fact I have, and not like the artificially flavored kind. I have maple syrup. Somebody got me some a couple years back. I couldn't find it. So I used agave, which was a (laughs) bit of a disaster. My hands are very (laughs) sticky. And also, I didn't use lemon. I used lime because I don't have any lemon, but I do have lime. So this is like a hoser (laughs) 2.0. A Georgia hoser. A Georgia hoser. Which could say a lot in itself. Yes, yes. (laughs) Is it tasty? But, I mean, apart from the kind of disaster of making it, it tastes very lovely. (laughs) Nice. Mm -hmm. I did the sidecar rum cocktail recipe on their site. So the portions seem off to me. And maybe it's because I'm not like a... Well, honestly, I haven't had cocktails like more than one at a time, essentially outside of what you and I do. If we're having a festive day of sorts, definitely not outside. And again, this is kind of my new world because, you know, I'll put things together, but not actually make things. Uh, I did have all of the ingredients for this time around. So I went ahead and did this one. And it's rum. And we have the Montagna Oro rum, by the way, y'all. Juice of a fresh orange. So it took me a long time to figure out that that meant one whole orange because I kept screaming at the screen. How many oranges? What? How many ounces? Juice of a half a lime. And then some simple syrup to taste. So the amount of, and it could be based on what kind of orange you get, how juicy it is, you know, it varies. There was a lot more rum (laughs) to the everything else portion. So I was like, I'm going to have to edit this a little bit. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) The rum is tasty. So Mm -hmm. I don't mind. But sometimes it's like, "Ah, ah." Mm -hmm. So I added a little more orange. Like I did another half an orange. And then I decided I wanted basil in it. And I put oh. a basil, because I feel like, like any kind of citrus with basil is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I added right. a, a basil to it with um, a little bit of sparkling water. So just I ha- we have a soda stream now. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Annie, who gifted us hers. And yes. I use a little of that because I like the little sparkly bits. I like anything mm-hmm. that's sparkly. And so I added that. So that is my drink. So I also did a variation of it. But essentially, it is the sidecar. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, so I'm having this lovely drink. And I think I have enough for another 
glass after this episode. So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> it is Friday. <laughs> uh, it is Friday. And I love it. And yeah, from their own site, they say about the rum. It's distilled, aged, and bottled in Crested Butte, Colorado. It's made with Louisiana sugarcane grown by families they know personally and love greatly. That, that's what they say. Bottled with water from snow-melted fed aquifer right below the barrel house and bottling facility, finished with the tiniest touch of Colorado honey. So very exciting. It is very good, by the way. And uh, Amy, this might have to go into our rotation. Like I'll do some, you know, fixing to it to make it kind of ours. Sure. Do you have a Star Wars name for this already? Let me see the color. The color is kind of... Ooh, peachy it's orange. kind of multi-layered. It's got like a yellowish top and an orangey, peachy bottom. Yeah, so essentially this happened because I used the Cara Cara oranges, which are my mm-hmm. favorite because I think they're sweeter and more delicious. And they have a pinkish, mm-hmm. almost like a grapefruit level. But then the lime all, and all the rum, which is dark, not dark, but a little more golden. Mm-hmm. And then I think that kind of changed the colors. But it does look like a reminiscence of like a Bellini, I guess. It does. It yeah. does. Yeah. So we've already taken Tatooine Sunset. So uh, the maybe... Tatooine Sunset is very pink, which is what it's the true. drink is. So it can't be this. No. Exactly. But that was the first thing that came to my mind. Workshop it. We're, We're going to workshop, workshop it. it. Anybody <laughs> have any good uh, orange, yellow ish pun related Star Wars drink? Send them our way. It could be Obi Rum Kenobi. <laughs> oh, no, she did. <laughs> And you're get out of here. Get out. <laughs> Fine. I have my Obi Wan robe right behind me. I can put that on instead. <laughs> instead of leaving, let me put my robe on. <laughs> oh, this happy hour is already gone, completely awry. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I'm very much in love with this type of rum. Uh, it's delicious and it is sweet. I think uh, that's what I love about rums. Like I could just put it with some sparkling water, and I don't feel like I need to add sugars to it. Mm-hmm. Although, of course, with all of the... I did put sugar in this one, but it's very tasty. So what we wanted to talk about today, just kind of give you a little history of who Karen Hoskins is. She apparently was living in India around, I think, late 20s, mid-20s. And she was introduced to a really beautifully aged rum called Old Monk, which, according to her site, started a love affair with rum. And, and from what I gather, she was diagnosed with celiac at a young age and knew she couldn't have beers and other alcohols and kind of went ahead and was like, if I'm going to drink alcohol, I want it to be the best. Mm-hmm. And having this type of rum really just kind of pushed her into uh, looking at how they're made and what to do. She traveled all around the world, including Jamaica, tasting different rums and, and kind of learning about how they are sustainable as well as they are local and loving the area that they're in, the environment that they are in, and kind of giving homage to whatever they create to the land that it comes from, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. And in 2007, she started her own distillery in Silverton, Colorado, which has won so many awards, including Best in Class designations, USA Rum of the Year, Craft Distillery of the Year. They've won gold and double gold medals in different like competitions in spirit world. So they're definitely big. And they are Mm -hmm. distributed throughout 44 states within the country. 
So that's a pretty big market for being an independently owned distillery. So that's pretty amazing in itself. One of the things that got me to think about, because their pride in their distillery is that it's American rum. And you don't really hear much about it, but they have started to pop up, especially she kind of was a trendsetter in her area, and they started popping up left and right. But when I think about rum, what do you think of? Caribbean. The Caribbean. So even Puerto Rico, like I know when I came home from Puerto Rico, I gave out little bottles of rum as Mm -hmm. uh, celebratory. Hey, I went on a vacation. You're welcome. Be be jealous. Mm -hmm. And, And stuff like that, which is beautiful. And then trying to think about what it is to have pride in a product and falling in love with a product and making it your own without appropriating. Right. And I think that that was something in my mind because, again, I've not really seen too many rums being made in the U.S. And mm-hmm. so I was like, Colorado, that seems kind of random. What's happening here? But right. she, again, she, like what she saw when she traveled, wanted to give an homage to a rum, but be her own area. So whether it is using sugar grown by friends, like she knows where it comes from. She knows the basis of it. She knows who she's helping, as well as making sure that it has the personality of her home, her area, Colorado. So it's beautiful to see that, but there's such a fine line. Would you Mm -hmm. agree? And making something your own without taking something away. Yes. And a couple points off of that. I did want to point out, I... um, Several years ago, Saver went to Hawaii and uh, not to the brag, but they <laughs> they make agricole rum there, which I'd never had before. And I tried it there and I fell in love with it. And it was so amazing. And the owners there, they talk about exactly what you're talking about, about that sort of fine line of because it's sort of an ancient practice involved in that. Mm-hmm. And how do you take that and be respectful of it. And then also Puerto Rico, uh, yes, does have a big rum presence, but also is technically part of the U.S. Right. But yeah, I, I've i been thinking about this a lot lately because like all of us, I imagine, I've grown a lot, <laughs> and especially in terms of being on the show, but also just getting out of a small town and going to a city. And there are things I look back on and I just cringe. And I mm-hmm. think you were just a stupid white girl in a foreign country right? who thought this was cool or didn't appreciate the, like, beyond getting the picture or the experience, everything behind it. And it makes me feel really, really bad about myself. But I, I do think it's a part of a learning process and I get it, but it, it still makes me feel bad about myself. Right. So I definitely fill you with the like trying to balance that because again we've talked about it before where people truly can't understand being appreciative versus appropriating and that's why Mm -hmm. we have to have this conversation and I think Hoskins does a great job in the sense of that she does at the very beginning everybody knows her story everybody Mm -hmm. knows why she loves it and it was her travels abroad and, and, and being introduced to these things and to falling in love with these things and then making her own variation of it not trying to make it seem like she created something new. Right, exactly. So that's a beautiful task. And yeah, the whole issue with Puerto Rico, I have a hard time sometimes in saying they're part of the U.S., not because I don't want them to, but because so many Puerto Ricans that I've met are so angry, rightfully so, that they have been essentially claimed a territory 
Yeah. Without any rights, without any voices, without any choice of what's happening, and then being very much othered by politics in itself, as well as being stripped of a lot of their rights, a lot of their money, a lot of the funding, a lot of the help, but being told you are a part of our place. And I know I have a very strong stance after living just just a small amount of time and getting to know some of the people that lived in Puerto Rico about, hey, this is why we're angry. I'm like, yeah, you should be. This is (laughs) what the U.S. has done repeatedly, and we know this, and it's ugly, and it needs to be talked about. So I I don't... I feel like it's insulting (laughs) to Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico (laughs) when I say they're part of the U.S., even though they are. Yeah. Because the U.S. are bullies. So uh, I'm just going to leave that there. (laughs) Before I start, my name's going to be on a list somewhere, for real. It probably is on a it list really, I think it's all, I think I'm on a list, for real, y'all. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> I think one of the things that I've been considering and talking about, because I want to enjoy and support local, and that's what she's mm-hmm. talking about. But when you have something like rum, when you have something that obviously deep-rooted in deep history, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that you have to think about, as well as the fact that she is an advocate if nothing else. She definitely has different programs that talk about uh, diversity and gender diversity, creating programs. She's worked with women to help them uh, create their distilleries as well, much like um, how we were talking about for Uncle Nearest, and they Mm -hmm. did that as well. It is awesome to see that that's happening. Yeah. But again, it's just such a fine line on what to claim. I mean, we didn't talk about this, and I wanted to in our Joy Luck Club, and this is not the same. I want that to be said, mm-hmm. but the ma- Mahjong and the white women who came in and say, not your mother's Mahjong or something like that, what did they say? Not your typical old-fashioned Mahjong, essentially, like saying, it's mm-hmm. new, and we're going to put these new characters, and we're going to make it pretty. And it was such a slap in the face yeah. for so many people in the Asian community who have been playing this game forever. And yeah. it's a part of a long-standing tradition for them and how... Uh, it, like the pieces and the game pieces were symbolic of specific things in their culture. And these white women were like, look, we're going to charge you 10 times more than everybody else because we invented this new game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's stuff like that that is kind of like, and we know the Kardashians have been raked over the coals repeatedly for culturally appropriating different things, including stealing, again, Not the same. This is not in comparison to what we're talking about specifically with this distillery, obviously, because they didn't, they're doing an amazing job. But the Kardashians have been accused of stealing people from different cultures' products and Uh try to make it their own. And then there's this whole conversation about how do you do this if you do this without slapping in the face of the originators? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a really important conversation to have. And um, this is probably a topic for another happy hour. But um, there are several liquors like rum that my experience was bad in yeah. college. It was bad experience, and that was in part because I was buying cheap rum, in part because I didn't know what I was doing when it came to drinking. But there is that kind of whole capitalistic layer of this too of, you know, generally white people came in and were like, okay, we can make money off of this traditional thing that you've been doing. We're going to make it way cheaper. So not only is it like taking this thing, it's making it worse and giving it this reputation of like, oh, that's, that's just going to make you vomit or, you know, right. when it can be this really beautiful product and it does have all of this history. Right. So I, and I think we are seeing kind of a reclaiming of that or at least a, people are more interested in having something that is 
more responsibly sourced and taste better. <laughs> but that's also another layer of this is there's just all this cheap stuff that most of us, that's our introduction. And we just assume that's what it must all be. Right. <laughs> Which must be infuriating. If right. that's like in your history and your culture. Right. And of course, like I said, Hoskins has talked about the fact that this is a little different and this is a variation. But kind of how we were talking about the uh, Pisco and the fact that it was, we don't know who's Chilean and what's Peruvian and there's little different takes. It's kind of that same measure as well. Of course, being in the U.S., it's much younger practice mm-hmm. because it is a newer thing here. But I definitely welcome new variations. But if you're doing it, do it like Montagna has been able to do, which they do credit uh, the other cultures. And they do talk about why they feel this is important. They do talk about uh, their practices and in, in like the depth of who she was and why she thinks this is important and why she loves it. If you mm-hmm. are appropriate and really giving homage, it is a beautiful product and a beautiful idea. I think there's so much, as we're talking about the bigger impact of the old capitalistic ideas, we do have to talk about the consequences as well when it comes to origination and being erased. Like that's that's a whole yeah. other conversation. And I do love that Huskins is doing so much for it and she has continued to elevate other women, elevate others in this conversation. She's also been a big spokesperson for anti-racism stuff and campaigns. And I love it. She, on her website, calls it out for what it is. And I don't see too many businesses do that. They just do the black square and just move on. And she actually calls it out or the business actually calls it out. And I think that's an amazing token of who they are. Mm -hmm. and who they want to be in making change. And of course, that's who we want to highlight are the people who are seeking to make change, but we're not going to, you know, glance over some of the problematic things that could be associated if not proper. Like, we don't want to ignore those either. Right. So this has been a pretty deep happy hour. I know. I'm going to drink more of my rums. (laughs) I feel like we do sometimes get pretty deep unless it's me talking about uh, no, even then, even, even my nerdy then. stuff. <laughs> Your nerdy stuff gets you. You have the unhappy hour. That's some deep stuff. <laughs> I want like a trademark, Annie Reese, <laughs> unhappy hour. <laughs> yes, I'll find it for you. Perfect. There's going to be a sad cloud in it. Like you're going to get the sad cloud, Care Bear. This is <laughs> that's so funny because most of my nicknames are like Sunshine, Bright Side, like all this. Not stuff. in my world. <laughs> Unhappy hour. Sad Care Bear. (laughs) (laughs) My sad Care Bear. She's over here. I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, cheers, everybody. Cheers. As always, if there's somebody you think we should be highlighting in these happy hour segments, if there's nerd stuff you want us to talk about, unhappy hours, spoiled Thursdays, we've got a lot of things going on. (laughs) Such good things. Yes. You can email us. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff I'm Never Told You or on Twitter at Podcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I'm Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring. 
like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.